You are listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you're following us on all social media at lunchpailguys underscore. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. We are back again with just me and Aiden this time. Uh, we have two topics we're going to discuss today. We're going to start with a little college football. <coughs> Actually, three topics. I'll <coughs> cough a few times in the middle of it, and then we'll transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So between, yeah, so just get ready for that. In between college football and the last topic, uh, the AL West and baseball, I'm going to cough a few times, and now that I've started, <coughs> I can't stop. So... Just great, and the ten minute lead up to this, in which me and I yeah. talked about golf once. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll try to carry on while you're just having. <laughs> so, if, if listeners, if you hear me monologuing at some point, just know that's because Lucas is just <laughs> dying, just coughing up a lung over right, here. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just doing so. my best to, to carry the show on. It's yeah. great. So, but yeah, we'll start with some college football. We're going to do preseason check-ins on four teams. Uh, not preseason, early season check-ins on four teams. Clemson, Colorado, Notre Dame, our beloved, and Alabama. Um, we'll get started with you, Aiden. Clemson, how have they looked so far this year? What, what are your takeaways? Well, that's, it's been interesting for Clemson. I, I prepared my notes yesterday during the first half mm-hmm. of their game against Charleston Southern when it was like mm-hmm. actually a very close game. Like For a while, it mm-hmm. was like 14-14, and then they really they pulled away in the second half. You know, It was like mm-hmm. 63-14. 20 or something right 16 yeah something so, like that so it ended up not being a contest um but given that and given obviously their their first week like extremely sloppy loss against duke i don't think it's it's too extreme to say that clemson seems this is a, a the continuation of, of clemson kind of falling out of like the big three or four or whatnot and maybe some might say that they've already done that uh, but just really feels like they continue to slip. And I think you could blame the previous kind of version on DJ or, or saying that like they just kind of swung and missed on a quarterback. Um, Cade is not looking much better. And so it's kind of, and they have, you know, a new offensive coordinator um, and Riley and whatnot. So I think it's it's time for, for Clemson to potentially panic a little bit. Last year, they were, they're they pretty much just cruising on dominating the ACC, which they've done for a while, but they were, during their, their dominant period, still beating SEC teams, you know, when it mattered and whatnot. But, like, last year, they were 2-3 and three out of conference, 0-3 oh against non-ACC Power 5 opponents. You know, they keep slipping in the recruiting rankings. They were 3rd in 2020, 5th in 2021, 10th in 2022. They're 15th for 2024. It just it feels like it's slipping away a little bit. Not that they're going to be like a terrible team. They're still kind of the toast of a of the ACC, which maybe isn't that hard. Um, but I, I I do think it's the fact that two iterations in a row they they seem like they might not um, have a quarterback who can really carry them to some degree can be enough for them to fall out a bit. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I think. Clemson, and we'll talk about the other program later that I'll mention, but I think there have been two teams that have been really hurt, and now the NIL sort of fully kicked in and stuff like that in the new era of the transfer portal. I think Clemson is one of them. I think the other is Alabama a little bit, and we'll talk about that later, but I think Clemson has been really hurt, especially by the transfer portal, and you know, I don't know exactly what 
you know, Debo's thinking is um, in all this, but they have underutilized the transfer yep. for portal, especially compared to like all the other you know sort of highly competitive teams. Even looking at Notre Dame, who got their yep. starting quarterback through the transfer portal this year, they seem to just really just be sold on this old model of success that they had. Like because it worked for them between like 2013 and yep. 2020, they're like we can just do this forever, yep. and that's just not the case like there's so much more player mobility now yes you can recruit well but even like as you said the recruiting has slipped but that recruiting while it slipped is like hurting them and then they can't even supplement that slip in recruiting by getting better guys on the transfer portal so there's just sort of fallen back down to earth and so yep. it's odd but i feel like we're sort of at the stage of like a little bit of a changing of the guards in college football um with them and then bama again who we'll talk about later but yeah. yeah, it's interesting to watch because I just feel like they haven't really adapted to modern college football in a way that they should have given their stature yeah. three, four years ago. And is Debo just entirely opposed to the transfer portal? Do they just like not dip in at all? Because I know, yeah, they I haven't. Don't know. Like compared to everybody else, else they definitely don't or, get the same amount of talent from there. Yes. Yeah. Also, I meant Dabo, not Debo. I Dabo. Oh yeah, Dabo. <laughs> 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 I got that confused, but anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, because that it allows you to like fix your mistakes a lot sooner. Obviously, with mm-hmm. the transfer portal, you know, like you you don't recruit a great QB, or you don't, you know, your your recruiting class isn't as good as expected, and you can recover these days with the transfer portal. And so, if you're gonna let that kind of make you fall behind, I feel like that allows the the guard to change, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean the ACC is more wide open now. Like it's still not a great conference, but. Florida State looks really good again, um, beating LSU. Um, I mean Duke. I mean Duke beat them, so that's something. Right, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having a hard time gauging how good Duke is or how. Yeah. I know it's it's still too early, I guess, but North Carolina Duke's probably gonna be potentially undefeated going into their game with Notre Dame, which will be kind of crazy. right. Exactly. Yeah, I was so. initially upset about the Clemson loss because um, I didn't realize that Duke was on our schedule this year. <laughs> <laughs> they're usually just so. kind of an afterthought to me um but anyway so we're, we're excited for duke you know love to see the <laughs> love to see them yeah. more than basketball really happy um, but anyway. my lowest i think notre dame moment as a fan well not the lowest but one of them was in 2016 when they lost to duke like and the season was just like over within the first three games yeah because yeah. <laughs> they lost to texas and then i think they beat like UMass somebody, or yeah, and then lost to Duke, yeah, and then lost to Duke, and it's like, okay, now this is over. Oh my um, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> a true moment right. of shame, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the other team I was mentioning, Alabama, and I'll get started here with the takeaways. Um, I sort of alluded to it in the last one, in that I feel like we're kind of at a changing in the guard moment in college football of the you know 2014 through 2020 of Clemson, Alabama. Dominating other teams, obviously being good in that. I think Florida State won in 2014 or 2013. Ohio State winning somewhere in there. I think it was Florida State 2013, Ohio State 2014. But like yeah. you know, sometime in there, those teams being good. But after that era of it just being Alabama and Clemson pretty much every year in the playoff for the national championship. Um, yeah, I think that Alabama has also been hurt by NIL and transfer portal stuff. Like While they still are recruiting very well... Other teams can make up the difference way more easily now with the transfer portal. And so, well, I don't think it's maybe necessarily anything Alabama's doing wrong. I think other teams now have tools to sort of catch up to Alabama quicker. Like, they're, maybe they're at that initial advantage, but teams have caught up, and Texas is one of them. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's like, like, Bama, you look at their recruiting stats, and they have, like, 
18 five-star guys compared to most teams having two or three. And so at a certain point, there's they have a ton of talent who's not making it onto the field, right? And they're going to leave and be really effective players elsewhere and just kind of spread out the talent, whereas it used to just be hoarded on Bama's bench to some degree or some of those top teams' bench. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so it's just we're sort of stuck in the situation. And like I think that's created a more level playing field. I think NIL stuff has like also allowed players yep. on other teams who might have started for the NFL early to yep. stick around another year um, and like really make their college teams better. Like if you're not a top like first or second round pick, but you're like a still a really good college player, well you might have gone and been like a fourth, fifth round NFL draft pick. Yep. Now you can stay that extra year too. Whereas you know Alabama can always resupply, but other yep. teams can as quickly. But now they don't yep. have to resupply as which, quickly like, because of it. Which makes it kind of funny that the NCAA was trying so long to make like NIL not a thing, right? Or just to like uh-huh. avoid that. It's I feel like it's making their product better. Because it is making yeah. guys like, like Sam Hartman. I feel like has said that mm-hmm. he stayed partially because of NIL. Like it, it really does mm-hmm. make like Caleb Williams is even kind of using that um, mm-hmm. thread at the moment. Or there was like an interview with his dad that was I like, you that. know, <laughs> like maybe he'll stick around. Like it, it's fun to have these guys not be just two years or you know one year starters, have a breakout year, and then leave and see them stay a bit longer, exactly. especially at non-Bama teams. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think again, it's not anything like. Saban or Alabama is necessarily doing wrong, but like the, the, the structure has changed in college football in the last few years to allow other teams like Texas, who beat them over the weekend, to, to catch up more so, which like I'm encouraged by. Not a great look for Tommy Reese, but you know I don't think that it's purely all on him this happening. Yeah. Didn't get enough shots last night of um, Tommy Reese like losing it on the phone or anything to James. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, was, that was missing from the broadcast. I'm sad about that. Unfortunate, but <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Those are, my takeaways about Bama maybe aren't necessarily more so anything about them, um, as just that like I think that that game against Texas is like very reflective of the changing state of college football and them and Clemson sort of losing the stranglehold they had. Because I mean they dominated Middle Tennessee when they played them week one. Yeah. Um, they'll dominate South Florida next week. Yep. They'll probably still go like ten and two at the yeah. least. Like looking but, at I don't know. their schedule, or I feel like there aren't that many big threats in the SEC besides Georgia. Like, I'm not that scared of, like, Tennessee this year, though maybe I should be. We'll see. Um, LSU, I'm still unsure how exactly how good they are. Um, and besides that, just the usual suspects, like A&M, who's going to be, you know, stupid and, and stuff like that. So Lose Miami already. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, I just, it pisses me off that A&M was ranked to start the season. Like, they went, like, 5-7 mm-hmm. and seven last year or something, right? Or, like, yeah. something along those lines. They, they yeah. did have some big wins, I understand. But, like, mm-hmm. they just always do this, and we're going to act like we're surprised now. I just, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, on, on Bama, I think it's... Uh, I think there's also the or just shows the impact of of quarterbacks again or of like how much that drives um, how good certain teams are because I feel like we go back ten years teams like Bama and whatnot just kind of lived on their rushing attack and that made it easier for you to kind of consistently be good year to year even if you lose your starting running back because it's so much about the O line and about like it felt like they just had an infinite set of guys who could step in there um, and be successful. And you see with a quarterback now, they were they lucked out several years in a, in a row when they started kind of leaning on their passing attack with Bryce Young and Tua and Jalen Hurts and whatnot. And if they don't have that, and that's what they're trying to lean on to some degree, um, mm. it's it's tough. Or I feel like it's it's yeah. harder <laughs> for them to be 
as consistent as when they were you know relying on say just they're rushing and having greg mcelroy like throw a few <laughs> like screens i don't know why on. he's the one that always pops into my mind well i think because he was was he commentating the notre dame game yeah, yesterday was, and exactly. they showed yeah. that he went like in the national championship game against texas he was five for 11 for like 62 yards or something like that like, right and that was like that uh-huh. was like bama qb that was like the classic uh-huh. kinda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. aj mccarron was Sound, yeah one. yeah exactly um <laughs> Right, yeah, because there was a no, long think, line like, of, or a you know, a, a set of those guys before they kind of turned into um, a pass first team, and so now it'll be interesting to see how they pivot. Not that I like, I don't want to totally write off um, Jalen Milrow yet, but it's it doesn't seem like he's necessarily on the level of the the Bryce Young or Tua's at least from a passing perspective. He's very athletic, obviously, um, but um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, they have Tyler Buckner waiting in the wings if need be. Right, so. just yeah, chomping at the bits, ready to take over at, at any uh-huh. moment. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting in the Bama game that um, like speaking again of, of rushing offense, they got mm-hmm. pretty much shut down by Texas rushing the ball. Yeah. And uh-huh. um, like I feel like ESPN, th- they were showing graphics before the game trying to start the narrative that like Am- Alabama's um O line was just going to dominate. Like they were showing like how much more experienced. Alabama's O-line was than Texas D-line in terms of number of yeah. games played. They were showing how much mm-hmm. larger they were, which I feel like O-lines are, mm-hmm. are typically larger than, than D-lines, or at least like edge yeah. guys. So I was like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why you're showing this. Um, but anyway, they were trying to make that narrative a thing, and then they just, I think Bama averaged like 2.8 yards a carry or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not impressive. It just wasn't even a, a factor, really. Um, so, so I thought that was... I thought that was good for Texas, who I feel like has struggled on the defensive side for in big games in recent years. Mm-hmm. So they kind of made a, a bit of a statement. No, yeah, I totally agree. And so it's like, who do I'm Jared here to proclaim Texas being back? But I think at this point, Shout out I Jared. mean, yeah. we fully can because yeah. I, who who else on their schedule is going to beat them this year? Like at this point, yeah, I haven't even looked at know. Texas' schedule. I mean, that's, that's I mean, they have the Big Twelve. Like it's yeah, they have Wyoming next week, and then. That's it. Then they just have Big 12 games. They have uh, Baylor, Kansas, yeah. Oklahoma, Houston, BYU, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. Right. I don't I mean, think anybody's going to beat them this year, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just still like a little hesitant just because I feel like they still manage to lose <laughs> games to like, I don't know, yeah. Iowa State or someone like that, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. Quinny Ewers does look different. Oh, or, you know, He looked yeah. really good. He looked like... You know when you watch a college quarterback and you're like, he looks like an NFL QB to some degree. Like mm-hmm. I have that watching Sam Hartman a bit um, at times. Mm-hmm. Or it just felt like Quinn Ewers, everything was going slower for him. You know, like oh, um, 100%. like yeah, it was, and and he was making the throws obviously. So it was a very impressive performance. Yeah, and people mentioned this too. It's like he got hurt in the Bama game last yep. year. So like I think it's very conceivable to think that like YouTube would have also be in Bama last year. Yep. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on then next to Notre Dame and Aiden. Take us away. What are your what are your early season predictions? Uh, sort of assessments of Notre Dame. Um, it's good. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> cautiously optimistic. I don't know. Just like Marcus Freeman looks so happy to have a quarterback who's like not a high schooler. Um, and it's. I mean that that is really the biggest difference that we have this year is that you have a QB you can trust during like a two minute drill. Um, like I think Sam Hartman in the nc state game at like halftime right or right before halftime it was like 50 seconds left and just like easily marched the team down the field like a couple passes scored and i just feel like we haven't had a qb who could do that and maybe when i 
since I've been watching Notre Dame. And maybe that's taking away a little bit from Ian Book or like even Jack Cohen was fine. Um, but I feel like they are not as um, as capable as, as Hartman is or as impressive as he's been. Um, and not that, you know, the NC State game wasn't without messiness. You know, we had a ton of penalties, some of which seemed a little mm. soft, but what, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. There were drops. There were, you know, the O-line was a bit concerning. I feel like Hartman got sacked a bunch more than he had mm. been against, you know, like Tennessee State or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but, like, overall, we were favored in that game by, like, a touchdown, right? It wasn't a way game um, at mm-hmm. NC State, who's generally solid and we, we yeah, they haven't um, overplayed them. they didn't allow more than 30 points in a game right for a while oh really like inside i think since 2021 and then right because like nc state points. is like I f- they are generally pretty solid in terms of acc i feel like they're upper <laughs> acc <laughs> um yeah so so i thought like it was our first like somewhat challenge of sorts and we looked we looked pretty good i have no yeah. complaints yeah yeah, I mean, I don't have too many takeaways. Like, things have just gone well so far. Like, I do think there were points yesterday where it was, like, a little concerning. Like, that, that like you mentioned, with all the penalties, especially that one drive where they, they basically walked North Carolina State from, like, the 45 down to the 5, just on penalty, 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 penalty. Like but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and the O-line didn't look great at all times and mm-hmm. in run and run in like it's run blocking it was good i think in its pass protection mm-hmm. it they, they struggle a little bit so yep. i'm a little worried about that yep. especially when you go up against an ohio state or a usc although usc not being known for their defense is maybe less so than mostly ohio state i feel like but yeah I, even just like more athletic teams will be able to get to hartman more if that yep. continues but yeah i don't know things went have been going well yeah. Like surprisingly well, and I, I mean Central Michigan will be an easy win next week, and then they have Ohio State, and that's like I think well you'll you'll really see how good they are or not. Yeah, so. yeah, because like you see Ohio State on the schedule in late September, and as a Notre Dame fan, you're like, will they make it there undefeated? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and they, I mean, bar like, I don't want to. The most unfortunate of losses. Yeah. Next week, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. but yeah. But, so, I don't know, yeah, I mean, like you said, Hartman is, like, he's the guy. Like, he, he's played exceptionally. He's the second most efficient passer so far this season after Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in his first two games, and granted it wasn't against, like, Power 5 opposition, but he led 12 drives and they scored touchdowns on 11 of them. Yep. Like, like the punter, you know, you know, yeah, like, there's, he, yeah, it just wasn't Ian Book could never, like, yeah. you know, Deshaun Kaiser could never, I mean, yep. Jack Cohn, like, all guys who are like good enough yep. college quarterbacks couldn't ne- like were never anywhere close. Like I think yep. even in my lifetime of watching Notre Dame football, which has been since like two thousand two, he's like the first like game breaking quarterback they've had. Like Brady Quinn is very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but like I, Brady Quinn is like <laughs> Brady Quinn is the closest they've had to it. Yeah. But I don't know. This feels like different. He's like dominating. Yeah, he just feels like it all feels. It's fallen a little below him so far. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not that it will necessarily stay that way as they play teams like Ohio State or whatnot. But he just yeah. feels like he's better than the competition pretty clearly. So, um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Do you have Ohio so, State predictions or? I don't know. I don't. We haven't seen too much of Ohio State yet. Their offense hasn't looked great, honestly. Like yeah. I, they kind of sputtered out of the gates. But I just, I don't know. And, they still yeah. have two more weeks. I'm yep. sure they'll. I mean, Western Kentucky will be another warm up for them this weekend. Yep. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I heard. Know. I just don't want to like a little better this weekend, and it's not like he's bad, right? But 
it just some of the scores that you're seeing aren't like they're still <laughs> absolute blowouts but it's not like the yeah. 60 point blowout that you're kind of expecting from Ohio State against a Youngstown State or whoever. Yeah, is. exactly. So. Like they have this season and their two games combined, they have fewer points than Notre Dame scored against Tennessee State, yeah. right? And so, and Notre Dame dropped more points on North Carolina State than they did on Youngstown State. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels like the offense just isn't clicking for them. The defense has been excellent, but yep. that's also just kind of what you expect against yeah. Indiana yeah. and Youngstown State. So I don't know like what to make of that either. Yep. Yeah, and I, like yeah, I feel like it's easy to test. read too much into that to like the offense not scoring 60 points maybe they just you know maybe they did need some time to warm up or they're just not gonna um or they take the foot off the gas kind of thing so we'll see but it is it's interesting yeah yeah i'm curious to see where it goes yep yep. all right last team colorado i think i'm up for this one and I mean, this is the flip side, I think, of, like, Clemson, Alabama, and then which they've, like, totally taken advantage of the yep. new system. Like, they got all the recruits in. Yep. I mean, like, the unlimited number of transfers. I, Coach Prime just brought everybody with him, and it's just worked. Like, I, I mean, I've read a lot and being like, how could have people have thought this wouldn't work? Like, Travis Hunter was the number two overall recruit yep. two years ago. Yep. Uh, Shonda Sanders was... I think like he was a top seventy. Yeah, he was like two. He had offers. Something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's like an excellent quarterback. Yep. Like yep. they basically brought in a ton of really great players through the transfer portal, and it just you know I mean like it's early, and they beat TCU, who yes made the national championship game last year, um, but lost a lot of players, um, and then Nebraska, um, who. Is not is Nebraska like it just like lost out of <laughs> any credibility? I mean, but Chandler Sanders has just looked incredible yeah. so far. I, like, just like these are like, like he, video he looks like a man with no like, equal yeah, out like there. Yeah, Heisman campaign and NCAA, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, like against against Nebraska, thirty-one for forty-two, three hundred ninety-three yards, two touchdowns, and then against TCU. He was 38 of 47, 510 yards, four touchdowns. Like, that's insane. Like, that, <laughs> I, I, it just has worked. Like, I, I'm i not going to, like, call them, like, playoff contenders early. They'll win this week against Colorado State. Yep. And then we'll see how Oregon goes. Like, that'll be a really big test. If Oregon and USC in back-to-back weeks, which will, like, right, it's pretty I think, brutal, show how far, yep. like, this is taking them. But, like, the takeaways is that, like, this worked. Yeah. So cool. No, honestly, I, I yeah, and I don't like after the TCU game. I was still like, like I came into the year. I don't know what your expectations were for for them coming into the year. I was expecting like six and six or like something like that. Um, like you know, better than last year for sure, but not like contending in the Pac-12 or anything like that. Um, and even after the TCU game, I wasn't totally convinced. Um, I, I'm not. I'm still not entirely convinced, but after TCU, I was like, you know, I think TCU is a little bit of a fluky team anyway. So, um, I like, I have no idea what to expect from them this year, but the Nebraska one, I feel like Nebraska is Nebraska, but Nebraska always plays people close kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. the second half, they just ran away with it and absolutely blew it out. Um, so I thought that was, um, I thought that was very impressive. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a huge story. I don't have much more to say than that. I'm interested to see, like, the, I mean, the big Colorado State this week, and then it gets tough. Like, I think, yep. you know, it's obviously better than I expected so far. I was similar to you. I'm like, they'll get better this year for yep. sure. They'll maybe, like, 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and yep. five, and then use that to build from there. But 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's unreasonable to think they'll be like eight and four or nine and three at this right, point. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like I still don't think playoff contention is like going to be a thing, but I think they will. Yeah. And the and the Pac twelve is kind of tough. So <laughs> like, it is. The Pac twelve has not lost the game yet. Yeah, we're still team the Pac twelve has lost it. Oh, okay. So besides that, or Cal lost too, but they played Auburn close. There was a time when there was a time. There that was yesterday exactly. There was a when time. they were eighteen and zero so far in yep, the season. Yeah, because they so. showed it at the end of the um, at one of at the end of one of the games that there was something to know, which is absolutely wild. Because like uh-huh. the SEC, like mm-hmm. what's the SEC's out of conference record so far against like not that good? Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it's definitely been like a fun. It's a fun thing to follow. Obviously, the the Colorado stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so like their ticket prices were crazy right this weekend like mm-hmm. they're just like kind of a hysteria around it that's kind of fun so yeah no I agree I think one of the pregame shows was their last week maybe Fox's and they're like we're just going to go back again this week our stuff's already there it's a big show it's a big, like there aren't really any great games next week so might as well just like stick around there yeah 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 is last week the first or or is next week the, the last one for like conference games like really kind of yeah because yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's funny yeah, so we'll see. All right, and we're going to finish off today uh, with some baseball. Um, the season is wrapping up, and we're going to talk about the AL West. Um, it's pretty close. There are three teams within three games of each other as of the time of recording. Astros in first, Mariners a game and a half back. The Rangers, who might be the most notable in terms of just like what to discuss about these teams, yep. um, are three games back, um, having one slow division pretty, pretty handily at some point. Um, yep. So... Uh, and I'll start to you. Who do you think wins the AL West, and what do you make of you know the Rangers collapse, the Mariners rise, yeah, all that yeah. Sort of stuff? I, I like hate to say it, and I just feel like it's going to be the Astros. It just feels like how the world works, which is extremely sad. Um, with that said, yeah, there there are a lot of interesting storylines going on. Um, like the Mariners, or yeah, I guess to start with the Rangers, the, the sad storyline. They really bet on it, right? And at some point, as you mentioned, they were they were pretty far ahead. They're up, I think, six and a half games. In, in June or so, um, and now they're just, or at least last time I checked, they were just out of third in the wild card. They're four and sixteen in their last twenty. Their like bullpen is melting down. Um, their offense is still good-ish, but also kind of trending down. They had they were one of those teams that had like crazy April, May, June in terms of um, hitting with runners and scoring position, like one of those things that kind of hard to keep up over time. Um, and they're they're losing a lot of like tight games now so it's been kind of an interesting downfall because the rangers were an interesting story to start the season with or i feel like i was skeptical that they'd be good they keep just spending on big ticket guys and it hasn't historically really worked for them in the past few years and this year it's it was a little bit different even though they did lose you know jacob de like first couple weeks and that kind of stuff um but they you know the the offensive talent was really carrying them and it just seems like they've run out of steam at this point and injuries have caught up to them kind of a degree of like overachieving has caught up to them and so um it seems like even even by going out and grabbing like max scherzer at the trade deadline and continuing to go for these kind of high-priced guys um that that spending isn't enough and i feel like that's been a general story in baseball this year with like the mets or um, the dodgers are obviously still still good but the yankees like a lot of the big spenders are just aren't really performing um and so I, I think that's probably good for baseball uh to some degree uh but it, but it has been kind of interesting 
because I feel like last year was a, a year when you were like, are these the teams with the big budgets? And maybe they still will. Are they just going to kind of take over? Because the Mets had a good year. The Yankees had a had a pretty good year. The Dodgers were still good, um, that kind of yeah. thing. But And to, to throw in the Padres, too, who this yep. year are, like, historically underperforming their numbers. Like, they're not... They don't have a good record, but, like, yep. all the statistics indicate that they should be, like, an excellent Better. baseball yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I totally know. That's a very good point. The Padres, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> those are, like... Those might be, like, the, within the top five. Those are, like, four of the teams, I feel like, in terms of spending. Um, anyway, so, yeah, the the Rangers, that's that's kind of just, um, that's been interesting to follow. And the Mariners, obviously, are the exact, have been the opposite um, over the past couple months. Just absolutely dominant. They're just out of first place now. I, th- I think they've cooled off, like, a little bit. But in August, they were just crazy. They lost six out of 27 games, and three of them were in extras. Um I went to one of those 27 games and they lost to the nice. A's. So that's pretty much <laughs> <not like>, <laughs> so. if, if anything, you would assume that would be exactly. a <laughs> So yeah. I, hey, I, they I turned was, it around. I think there was a, a point in the last week where the Royals were actually worse than the A's. I oh, really? That's a <laughs> back, but yeah. An absolute race to the bottom going on there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so so yeah, like the Mariners have been, it's been fun to see them kind of realize their potential a bit. Like Julio Rodriguez had just an absolutely insane stretch. Um, with that said, though, I think the next month will be a little bit tougher for them. They haven't played, I think, like a winning team in the last two weeks, um, is what I read somewhere. And this month they're, they're going to play the Reds, the Rays, the Dodgers, plus their division rivals. They play the Rangers a bunch. So it's not going to be the easiest route. Um, and so based on that, I feel like the Astros are just like an experienced team that always seems to just kind of be successful. Like they're not, not a team that really disappoints. I just, I kind of expect them, um, to pull away with it, or at least at the, at the end of the day, win the division. Um, but it it does seem like it's going to be Astros or Mariners unless something changes dramatically for the Rangers. Yeah, and I think, like, just to just pile on a little bit to the Rangers, like you had alluded to their pitching, too, before, but, I mean, the numbers are just awful behind it. Their, their ERA is 6.35 um, since, I think, August 15th, um, in, or the last three weeks or whatever, the math works yep. up on that. Yep. Their 25th in walk rate, they allow the most home runs. Um, yep. You know, every starter has an ERA above 4.5. Their bullpen is a collective EP- ERA of 7.24. I think I was watching S- Sports Center the other day, um, and one of their starters hasn't recorded a win in, ni- in 19 straight decisions or something like that, which is horrific. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, even the games they are winning, it's just because, you know, yeah, you yeah. Know, somebody, they're not like getting out to early leads to give starters decisions, which is yeah crazy so yeah yeah i mean i'm also of the opinion that it's going to end up being the astros too just because the experience the everything but i'd I'd love to see it be the mariners given how good julio's been he set some like crazy records i think in the last month of like the consecutive four hit games and (laughs) all that so yeah but i mean when it comes down to it the astros have the experience they're playing well they're trending in the right direction they started like a little slow this season by their own standards but yeah, they are to some degree, I think, inevitable as they have been the last, you know, right. seven yeah. or seven or eight years of MLB baseball. Yeah, you know? it's kind of funny. Like um, looking at the Astros splits, they're thirty-five and thirty-five at home, and forty-five and twenty-seven away. So like 
maybe the wild card would be fine for them you know <laughs> just not having yeah exactly like, i guess the, the buy is the buy is nice these days uh, but not having home field advantage seems like it, it would be fine for the astros <laughs> just like one of those weird kind of um things but anyway yeah we'll we'll see i'm still holding out hope for the mariners though to to kind of um to after this kind of low stretch in early september just kind of keep going pick off where they left off in in august and and power it out to the end but we'll see you know but anyway thank you as always for listening uh please like and subscribe on all of the social medias follow us wherever you listen to podcasts spotify apple music apple Podcasts. is that what it is um anyway um and and yeah we'll be back with more content soon for sure um see ya <laughs>